Welcome to the podcast at True Face. John, it's good to have you back. Thanks. You've been, be uh, you've been in I've California? Been all over. I feel like that song, Route 66, uh, I've been, been to. Yeah. yeah. But great, great times. Great, excellent times to find like-hearted people who are finding each other with this message yeah. of the original good news. Yeah. So, out in Memphis. Out in Memphis. Uh, wow. At High Point Church I went to. And these, it, 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 these men and women are risking carrying these truths. It's about a 3,000-person church who have done a series on the cure. And their pastor, Chris uh, Connolly, went through that series. And they've done a magnificent job. I showed up. Guys, I just wanted you all to be there to hear the stories of the dozen books that they gave out to this group, the dozen to this, the six boxes. We sold out of their huge amount in just first service, after first service, two standing ovations. It was mind-boggling. Good for you, John. Good for you. Oh, I, I, it could have been a trained seal go in there and it would have gotten the, if he had the cure written on his back. It, it was a group so ready. I just gave the same message somewhere else in California. Eh, yeah, that is, yeah. That is all right. A couple of people yeah. were cooking with a hibachi in the back, you know. But but this was a group that was ready. ready. Yeah. And it was oh, astonishing. Wonderful. That is wonderful. Good for you. And that's yeah. good news. Yeah. And, when you when you think about their passion for Jesus and for living this life, oh, it uh, was it was you, incredible. Yeah, you just feel the vitality, the I, vibrance of. I told them I'm uh, just going to bring everyone, all my friends from Phoenix back yeah, there to Columbus to this yeah. group. Yeah. Terrific. It's interesting that one of the grace fears, and I don't know how far we are. We're probably a dozen grace fears in on this uh, oh, podcast series. Yeah. yeah. One of them is that I'm fearful. I don't want to um, be doing this. I, I don't want to live a mediocre Christian life. I, I want to be one of those who really sells out for God. Wow. So I don't want to do mediocre. And yet you just come back from a place Absolutely. that's anything but. Carrying um, this message yeah. of grace. Yeah. yeah. So how do we get thinking like this? How do we get into this? Yeah, I, I, I love to tell this little story of... Um, about a year and a half ago, I met this young man in his early 30s, and um, sharp guy, really, really sharp guy. He made some money in a business, and he was looking for next. And he told me he meets with these small group of eight guys, and they meet together to decide what they're going to do for God. They did, they're just praying, and God, what do you want us to do? And they're sold out. And and so we met, and I was having lunch with him, and I, and I said, let me ask you to think about another way. Instead of you and your friends getting together to decide how you're going to sell out for God, why don't you ask God what he wants to do in you? Instead of what you're going to do for God, why don't you ask God what he wants to do in you? And he looked at me like, what? What? It, isn't it our job to be sold out? And I said, well, let's be really careful. Because I, I, we say this all the time in our teaching. I said, let's be really careful. You know what we think is that our value is that God wants our excellence, our sold out, our whatever. But actually what God wants is our humility so he can give us his excellence. Mm-hmm. And, and it isn't 
because I can get trapped really quickly in this being sold out. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many of us know Mm -hmm. so many vital young Christians sold out for God? uh, Reality hits them, and and some of them are on a burnt-up pile somewhere Mm -hmm. because they they weren't properly understanding. It's, It's not that God doesn't want us to be sold out. He just doesn't want us to be the initiator in the selling. Mm-hmm. That that's that to me is the key. Without that, man, because what happens when when the when the model is sold out, then those who appear to be sold out make everybody else feel like they're not Christian enough or spiritual enough or godly enough, and it, and it just weakens the whole body. Oh, yeah, so good, so well said. And then when. The sold-out people start struggling with personal issues. They with can't life. tell you about that because they're exactly. sold out. They, exactly. They, they hold up the yeah. appearance, the posture. Or, or if you happen to see that they're maybe uh, covering over some of those things that you can see, and they have no interest in you loving them by saying, can we talk about these pains? Absolutely. And they're saying, no, because I have this. I am <laughs> being sold out. And you're like, well, and two years you're not going to let me talk to you either because you're going to hate God. It's it's tragic. And again, the presumption is that grace is something to be feared. Exactly. It's crazy. That that which says it alone will build you up and strengthen you and give you life and vitality, that the scriptures say that. We have this fear because we have this... um, old-school bootstrap theology that says, I have to make myself great. And, and I'll just put God at the end of it, for God. And I can't think of anything a more mediocre life than a sold-out life that is self-generated. Yeah. Can't, can't, can't think of it. It, it would, it's such a hollow existence. And like you say, to get to them in a vulnerable, authentic way such a person can't do it. They just have to keep saying, God told me to do it, or, or whatever that is. And I, and I go back to what you said, Bill, last time we were all together. Look at the example of the Apostle Paul. Exactly. He's, you want to see a guy who taught grace, who tried to explain Christ in terms of grace. It's the Apostle Paul. And there is no more sold-out guy in our history. Look what he look what he endured. Just read that in Corinthians. Yeah. Look what he was willing to endure for the gospel. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. because he, he understood the grace of God. He was controlled by yeah. the love of Christ. Yeah. And one of the things that I said to this young man, which I think fits right here perfectly, is when we are the initiator that opportunity mm. becomes our guide. Mm. And, and, then, and then what happens in that is, when I'm the initiator, I'm sold out for God, then I'm going to interpret in my circumstances the opportunities. And I say to people, try to be as careful as I can, be careful, Satan is really good at giving you whatever opportunity you need to keep you from the real purposes of God. Amen. It's beautiful. So as that group, let's go back to that group. As that group processes this flip. Yes. So they they, And they they, are Bruce. They want to serve God. And they are. How do they how do they do that? How do they flip that to is it 
like Henry Blackaby would always say, you know, try to find out what God is doing and get in that flow. Is that what they're doing? Or what are you teaching them that is different? What, what I'm saying to them is, now, imagine you're going to be asking God what it is he would have for you. Now, here's the glitch in that. When I'm the initiator, then I get to decide what it's going to be. My fear is that when it's God, he's going to do something I don't want. Yeah. That, that is such a screwed up view of me and God. Mm-hmm. It just it all fits together, Bruce. Mm-hmm. So, so can I go to God because I can actually trust him that he has a purpose for my life? And like Paul, we use him as the example, and it could involve a tremendous amount of suffering. And we go, no, I don't want to pay that price. Thank, yeah. thank you very much. Yeah. No, I, I'd like a different plan. So I want to just be able to say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't want to predict the future, but I want to trust the God of the future. And sometimes, and you, we all teach this, sometimes then in my humility as I hear God and I obey him, that's the key. See, when I'm the initiator, I don't have to obey God. But when, I'm, when I have humility and I'm trusting God, then I have to obey God. How would I know I obey God? I'm acting upon the initiative of God. And, and so many speakers at, at conferences play right into that, I want to do this for God, Amen. and they call it godliness. Absolutely. You, you are the sold out ones if you do this. Exactly. If you do this, and, and you must want this so much if you're one of the sold mm-hmm. And it plays right into especially that 20-something age of wanting to be great for God. It Amen. plays into, there's a flip side to that. Like, if, if I've made my money, if I am a competent, confident person who m- maybe, by the way, gets some of my identity out of being that, then if I'm not the initiator, God might call me something too small. Exactly. That's right. And or I significant. want nothing to do with that. Right. Exactly. And Isn't you that meet, good? You meet people like that, and they're, they're broken almost the same as if they'd gone to prison because they... Because they go to prison. Well, yeah, no, but, but because it, it's too small, and they think, well, God's done with me. I'm, And that's not a small uh, issue to have to work through. We that, heard that last night, didn't we? Yeah, uh, it, uh, the feeling of, is God done with me? Well, that that you really have to wrestle with God on. Yeah. Here, no here, small thing. Here's another thing that I just want us to be sensitive to. That is, when I'm the initiator and I'm sold out, and Bruce, as you said, but, and reality hits, then what happens is, because I am not trusting God with what is happening, I cannot handle reality. It's more than I can handle. And I'll tell you about, I have met hundreds of sold-out Christians are so bitter, you can't even talk to them about God. Yeah. Why? Because they lack the humility right. and the trust to endure the reality. That's right. Now, on the other hand, it's a great thing to say, God, are you doing this in me? Are you mm-hmm. awakening this in me, this desire to go here, to do this, to start this? That's a beautiful thing. And God says, oh, I'll shape that. If you can't tell that yet, if you can't that's right. discern that yet, that's okay. Amen, I'll shape that and I'll, I'll, I'll stop it if it doesn't make yeah. sense and I'll flourish it or encourage it if it does. Exactly. And John. so I, I don't have to guess oh, God, is this from you or is this my own desire? Oh, just 
if my goal is not to be sold out and be on fire, but to hear his voice, he knows how to get to me. That's it. And, and in the meantime, on the way to getting there, I can hear the Father saying, and if you will uh, trust me yes. and others with your life, yes. I will process some other things in your life so that you'll be healthy enough to handle Absolutely. this. Like in your key relationships, your marriage or your kids or, or your, your friendships or the team that you're going to work with. So that when you get there, it can be a yeah. meaningful life. Exactly. Yeah. It can be an authentic expression of responding to God instead of being the initiator. And it'll take everything you've got. Yeah. That's the beauty of it. And you'll get to be sold out. Exactly. Isn't that beautiful? And the end result is it'll take everything you've got. Yep. Absolutely. This is the hard work of love. It is. Well, we'll see you next week at True Face.